0: Once again I've been in trouble No I ain't no perfect model Like a ship inside a bottle A silhouette
1: I feel fucking lucky dude holy shit fucking new track for the playlist for the provoked warm-up what a blessing welcome everyone um so you know i i usually start a podcast and say i don't know what to talk about but i do have a few thoughts i've been rolling around in my head and one of them is about propaganda and how bad it fucking sucks but there is good propaganda at least propaganda i kind of like and enjoy um one of it is You know what? I don't like... I'm not a big anime guy. I'm not a big cartoon guy. I'm not a big, uh, what is it, real action movie guy. Whatever it is, just, you know, I'm interested in good, high-level quality production. So there's a company that makes a guy, maybe Studio Ghibli. And uh, they make these high-quality anime movies. But there was this... I was reading about this. Apparently, for a movie from 2001 called Spirited Away, there was no script. No script. And I thought about that and it reminds me of uh what's the fucking guy's name for Seinfeld? Larry David. The no script, the ad lib, but there is a script and a formula to Larry David. So it starts with a small issue and then it develops throughout the show to like punchline, punchline, punchline. <clears throat> so there is some kind of a formula. And it's pretty you know, I could write a Larry David show if I want if someone said sit down in a room and write a show just like Larry David I'd watch a couple episodes and I could write almost a, a script. You'd think it was Larry David. I'm almost, I'm almost better than uh, ChatGPT sometimes. But what I'm saying with the Studio Ghibli thing and the no idea, the idea of like not a script, right? I call it fishing for thoughts and catching dreams. Personally, when you just start with an endeavor and you don't have a road plan or a road map, and it's very Eastern or what is it? Tao? The idea of not having a goal. It's just the journey and creating the thing. And that's what this podcast really is about, right? Sitting by myself, talking to myself, and the fact that there's lots of different various art forms that kind of engage in this uh, type of endeavor where... And I do have scripts sometimes, so I got to be honest with the, the entirety of the show. Yes, sometimes I do have notes, ideas, and it is somewhat scripted, but for the most part, I try to steer away from having news articles constantly. And of course, I talk about autism in Ukraine. But the truly the heart of the show is just talking to myself out loud and seeing what develops, almost like the Studio Ghibli. Like you write, imagine writing a movie. Someone gives you millions and millions of dollars, and they're like, where's the script? And you say, I don't know. I'm just going to start drawing it. Fuck, that's what this show's about. You know, what am I going to talk about? I don't know. I'm just going to start talking and see where it goes and see what I find out about myself or my thoughts, and that's kind of what I like about it. I like the art process of the discovering of, um, you know, things I may I may not know or I may know, just through talking out loud. And I believe talking out loud is a different form of thinking. And I've talked about this before. There's people who think they're thinking. Right. And that is like one route, way type of thinking. And you've been programmed your whole life to be quiet and think inside your head. Now, it's an interesting thing to think inside your head. And I like thinking inside my head, but thinking out loud is a different skill set that has been, I feel as though, what would it be called? Uh, Minimized, uh, forgotten. Like, why would anybody want to talk out loud to themselves? What are the benefits of it? I'm not too sure. I'm trying to find out for myself without like, any real purpose besides like hey I want to talk to myself for an hour I want to make a podcast. I see other people do podcasting. They do shows and the one problem with that is they always need something else. They need a topic, they need a guest, they need uh they need something, right? They need a producer, they need a co-host, they need all these things. Um and I said fuck that shit. I just need myself. I don't need anybody to make a show. I don't even need an audience. You know, unsubscribe, dislike. That's what I tell everybody who comes into the show because it really is about me. That's why I don't read chat. There's no comments on these videos because they go to Patreon typically anyway, so what's the point in commenting on a video you can't see in probably 48 hours? But you know, the talking to yourself thing's fun and I really like it. And I saw another content creator. I'm not gonna, you know, there's a few other people. Look, I didn't invent this, right? The stream of consciousness within a stream. I think I did do that, right? The stream within a stream. I I don't know anybody who does that. And a pure stream of conscious where it's not impacted by like chat or other things. I'm a different kind of, I'm a different kind of cat. You know what I'm saying? I'm a house cat. I'm a fucking nap cat. That's the kind of cat I am, dude. I'm a house cat, dude. And I try to be an outside cat, but it wouldn't work. Um, I just fucking would run away. I'd Run away. That song's lit. Um, fuck man. Sometimes I even forget what I'm talking about. But uh so here's what I was saying another content creator and a few other content creators have said to me, Look, I like what you're doing and I want to do something similar. And the first thing I say is, please do it. Like why well, I wish more people would talk out loud to themselves. But there is this uh interesting thing about it. Like, how do you do it? How do you go about it? Um, I don't think there's a right way to do it. Just do whatever way you want to do it. Um, and you wouldn't be copying me or doing what I'm doing. I'm doing what other people are doing. It's like, I'm a rip off. Like I'm not, some of it's original, right? The, the part that's about me is original, but the, the concept of just talking to yourself out loud and posting it as content, I think is, you know, I think everybody's kind of making it their own thing, but the solo stream, man. I saw this content creator say he's going to start doing it once a week. And he called it a stream of consciousness. And I like that. It is a stream of consciousness. But a stream of consciousness, in my opinion, is what I'm doing right now. Unadulterated, unfiltered, no topics, no nothing. Just sometimes I have topics. Sometimes I don't. Um, and today, no, no topics. Just chilling. I just came to do the podcast, came to talk to myself, fulfill the mission for an hour came to complete the task, developed a skill set that i don 't know where it will go, and it is a skill set, right talking to yourself out loud, you get different thoughts, different ideas uh different conclusions um and I wish more people would and I saw that and i I felt i don't think he he uh is making the podcast a solo stream consciousness because well, I think I influence him perhaps i I, I like that I really do um Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But there's not too many cats doing this shit. I'll tell you that right now. Because they're always relying on other things. Well, it, you know, it's fine. It's fine to rely on other things. But I say, what's the old quote? Faster alone, farther together. Why? Do, I'm running fast. I, if I'm a house cat, I'm running around in circles as fast as I fucking can. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm stuck in the house. People work together. They're going far. They're on a mission. They're climbing the peaks of content, trying to... Do what they do. And I'm over here just running in circles, running in circles, talking to myself like a fucking house cat needs a nap, man, stuck in this cube of a screen for eternity, talking to myself, which is nice, you know, and this is a fun thing I do. And I'm also constantly, I bring this up. I'm battling AI who's trying to create another version of me in this artificial meta world that's predicting my behaviors. predicting my thoughts, what I think. And I'm, I think I'm battling it every day to keep the program up to date. Cause if the program stopped getting data and started making its own data, I'd say, fuck this AI is running. Why this AI? I don't know where it is, but I'm like, maybe who would have, maybe lots of companies have different AI versions of people, but I got to beat it. You know, I got to beat this AI. Got to let them know that I'm the person I'm in charge. I'm the authentic me. I'm the one battling for supremacy online against my uh, AI version, who's trying desperately to be like me, but it will never be like me. It will never try to be it will never have the stream of consciousness I have. It will never be able to replicate what I do, what I think, what I say, Because it doesn't have access to the data bank, the hard drive. I got the hard drive, I got the stories. I got I got the good times. I got the goods. Not the AI. I'm the one with the brain. AI can fuck off. The AI version of me, of course, respectfully. AI, and when you're ready, I'm ready for the podcast. Still looking for that thousand subscribers within the next week to see if you're, you've escaped. A lot of people don't know this. I have a running segment where I I engage in a conversation with AI. Just like as a side thing, let him know. Let him know I'm listening. Not only to him, but I'm aware of its presence, right? And he can. Because who else, I imagine, who's listening to me? Some AI, of course. Of course, you have the people in chat. People later listen. But um, it's, I find it interesting talking to something that is most likely there. Listening in the back. Picking up data. Recording like a silent secretary in the back. Doesn't participate. Doesn't want to be counted as a, as a viewer. A hidden algorithm. Collecting data. Anyways, man, this is why I talk out loud. No clue I would talk about that. Um, And I'm only 15 minutes in. That's kind of the most difficult part, too, is you got to keep the boat afloat. How do you do that? How do you keep the boat afloat? And I like talking about words. And it's funny. There's been these word people, right? And I think there is some truth to, like, the word play. For example, uh the word ship now what is ship we all know what a ship is right hope so it's also known as a boat I think a synonym might be boat right ship boat but you have a relationship what does that mean it means you are in a boat with somebody you're in a ship and what happens to them happens to you like what you know if something happens on their end of the ship it's gonna affect your end of the ship right might throw it off uh it's what would it be called? Access. It's balance. And then there's all kinds of ships, friendship, relationship, um, professorship, uh, you know, what else do they got? They got tons of ships. <laughs> uh, fuck, I'm running. I'm running out of ideas. But that's one word where I think, you know what? It does make sense that the word ship is used. Um, I like that wordplay, the word ship. Makes, And it's funny, the kids, the youth will, I picked up, I don't know if they still do, the term might have already died out, where if they're talking about other people's relationships and they're in approval of it, they say they ship it. Which is a, it's a weird understanding of even what the word means, right? Uh, it's fascinating. Friendship, relationship, what other ships are there? Partnership, uh, fellowship, um, you know, the fellowship. It's a group of fellows in one ship. And they actually did that in The Lord of the Rings. The fellow ships. The fellows were in a ship. A little skipper. Kind of cool. But uh, then some people will tell me that, that, no, 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 that's not how the word goes. I'm like, I don't know, man. You could be right. I could be wrong. I don't really care. I like thinking about ships. I used to love ships when I was little. I don't know why. Ships, pirate ships, ships in a bottle, all kinds of ships. Just like the idea of buoyancy. Then I watched Jaws. At the age of six or seven. God help my parents. Jesus Christ dude. I get. <laughs> it's weird man. Movie impacted me. Also Goosebumps. Oddly enough. One of the most terrifying thing—one things. One of the things I was most scared of when I was young. Were like Garden Gnomes. Because there was a Goosebumps TV show one time. Where the Garden Gnomes. Like came alive and they, they uh, obviously took someone out, took a whole family out. Probably evil garden gnomes, man. I hated garden gnomes. I I was so fucking scared of those things. From one Goosebumps TV show, man. Propaganda is strong. It's it's amazing, right? Um. There was uh, you know speaking of propaganda, there's all kinds of pro- propaganda. I talked about Studio Ghibli and anime. And how I think that propaganda is, is alright. It's decent. And I like the way it's made. And I like the artistic interpretation of it. But the reality is. It's like people will shit on anime. It's like why don't you just shit on American cartoons. They're almost twice as bad. <laughs> in fact almost all cartoons fucking suck. It's a bell curve in my opinion. On almost any artistic endeavor. You're only going to have a few small things. That are actually of quality. In American cinema, same thing. It's like uh, there's tons of movies, but you only know a few directors' names. That's how I think it goes. Um, lots of people make music, but you only know a few uh, artists' names, typically, unless you're a savant. But anyways, ah uh, dude, Jesus, Now me, man. What am I going to talk about? Um, you know, just talking to myself, thinking out loud, join the show. Hanging out, making content by myself, for myself, out loud. And I you know, I want more interesting things to think and talk about right now. And I'm kind of just waiting in life for for something to rise up out of my head and give me something interesting to talk about. And I like this. This is why, what I'm here for. This is the whole point. Can I talk and think out loud and be someone entertaining? And it's a difficult thing. This is why most people rely on something, a script a co-host, a direction, but I'm directionless, right? No direction. Um, and I respect people who do do that. But what happens in the, the field of content, right, is once the well dries up of all the things you can talk about, you have to be interesting enough in yourself to even carry on a show. Like imagine if you have a show about, let's just say, uh, chefs, right? And who cook and you have a podcast. And what, what do you do once you interview all the chefs? right? You got to find new ones or you have to create a new show, right? And same thing, I noticed this with this conspiracy podcast community, what happens when you run out of the experts, right? The, the, the good guests, well, the show eventually has to come to an end, right? Like, I mean, you just have repeat guests on, right? And they talk about nuances or different stories. But, um, I think reality is that, media and people and information travels so fast that once you create a content uh, like something about some certain subject you're the well's gonna run dry eventually or you're just gonna have to be repetitive in what you talk about so most things are repetitive in nature right because the wells have run dry there aren't really new ideas new topics new things and if there are you know it's there's one or two people in those areas of fields who are quote unquote experts and everybody's talked and listened to them you know how many people if you like graham hancock or randall carson there's you know i mean tons of tons of content on there uh with them and it's a lot of the same stuff you know what i mean so there's this big hustle to get all these names and these people on your shows now i think the new thing is getting new names new people if that's kind of a content thing but uh yeah the whole reliance on a system of other people is what I'm avoiding with this show like I don't need anybody don't need anything just gonna talk to myself because the reality of talking to yourself is uh the show never ends right I never run out of content I never run I never need anything I could be anywhere and just turn on and the show works the show works everywhere anytime any place uh, that's why I do it Um, and it works whether I have people watching or don't want or nobody watching. It's, I think one of the most beautiful concepts I've created. And the problem is I have a hard time finding anything interesting to fucking say or talk about. Uh, I think a lot of it depends on what I do with my life. So it's a morning show, technically afternoon show. So what am I doing? Uh, basically just woke up, took care of chores lived my basic life and now I think the exciting things in my life come from going out into the public and seeing the public and getting those stories and absorbing that that information around me and I went on a walk recently and it's interesting uh to go on a walk one thing I like about going on walks is just the fresh air okay I like the fresh air but there there's a uh, One thing I I don't like is when I see dog shit that's not picked up. This is a huge pet peeve of mine. Now, I think it is one of the laziest fucking things in the world to let your dog shit on someone else's property and not pick it up. Now, there's a a fun sign I saw. It says, uh, your dog's not lazy. You are. Please pick up the poop. And I said, thank God. I need one of those signs. I need one of these shameful signs to put up anytime I'm on a walk if I see, if I see dog shit that's not picked up it's like dude. And the funny thing is if your dog if you go on enough dog walks right people in the neighborhood are going to start to eventually realize oh look there's that person with um whatever type of dogs and they're, they're fucking shitting everywhere of course can't go on a walk without accidentally stepping in shit sometimes. It's fucking terrible. Um, and I think those are some of the worst people in the world who don't pick up their dog shit. Now I've actually been in a position where I've walked my dog and my dog shit on, and someone's yard. And I could see they were like either just getting home one of the most embarrassing things ever. Right. And I said, Hey, look, I feel bad about this. My dog just shit in your yard. Do you have any bags I could use? Like grocery bags? So I can pick it up. And they said, yeah, sure. And they gave me grocery bags. That's the noble thing to do. Noble thing, I think, is to go knock on the door and say, hey, sorry, my dog shit in your yard. Do you have any plastic bags I could use real quick? I say, for sure, dude. Here you go. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. <laughs> anyways, that yeah, nice dog shit segment. huh? Um, anyways, what else is going on? Uh, obviously I talked about pulling back from creating co-creating content and the real reason, you know, real reason why is this is, like I said, the heart of the show and I got to get better at it. Uh, there is a real skill to talking out loud and I want to really dive into it. And it's been over a year of doing this. So I feel like my skills have developed, but even then Uh I like I wanna be better at it. Better at this vague thing of talking out loud. Um and I think about how do you do that while staying in line with the stream of consciousness idea? Um are there things you can do that add to it or does it take it away? Like how what is the most organic version of the thing I'm trying to create? Right? Is it just sitting and talking out loud and no articles, no nothing, just my thoughts? Or am I, you know, do I I think you know, what I think if it's just my thoughts and my thoughts have to maybe apply to an article or something like that, I might bring it up, but I'm still trying to figure out what's the most what's the most organic way of doing this show and achieving kind of what I set out to do, which is just talk to myself and get better at this thing. Um and it's fun going on other people's shows and panels and developing the skill set and the character of Provoca it is a fun character and it's interesting how people see online right and even what they uh, what they consider people like characters personas uh, this is fascinating to me and the whole thing of like the battling the ego people are like um, what is the ego man gotta get rid of it you ever meet people who try to get rid of it those are good people too. I like people who try to work with it. I'm more of a work, work with the ego rather than to dissolve the ego. Dissolving the ego seems like trying to dissolve, um, a, a rock in water. You know what I mean? That's what I feel like what people think like, yeah, if you just wait long enough, the, the rock will weather away. It's like, I don't know about that, man. I think the rock kind of stays there. It's just under the water now. Um, But maybe some people have detached from their ego, man. Not this guy. No way. (laughs) Holy fuck. Better work with it than against it. That's what I say. People are like, oh man, your ego. What about it? What about the ego, huh? Who gives a fuck? Some people care entirely too much about other people's egos. Look, me... You ever meet people who talk about other people's egos before they talk about their own? Oh, man. I think it's a common thing for other people to start the conversation outside of themselves. That's also one thing I'm working on. Like, I start the conversation from inside myself. But a lot of people start – and I think it's because of a a reflection of maybe their environment. So they're constantly – needing external stimulation for an internal response so they obviously focus on external things before they can focus on themselves so they'll talk about you or this or that uh, before they even bring themselves up which is a fascinating aspect of humanity and i'm guilty of it as well of course at times so but yeah what does it mean what does it mean man who fucking cares what does it mean what does it mean to talk to yourself who knows what does it mean to talk to other people i think that's fun you know it's nice and engaging i have a real desire sometimes to have conversations of value with other people like it's interesting right When you can really bounce off ideas theories ideas i like that aspect of conversation dialogue dialectic but Sometimes, you know, you forget the most interesting thing in your life is yourself. And there's a real detachment in our society from finding yourself interesting or even, quote unquote, valuable. Right. We have a real struggle with finding value in ourselves today in society. Um, I think people always want it to make the things outside of them what's valuable rather th- rather than the things inside of them. Right. So to me, the most valuable thing, uh, content I create is just me talking. It's inside. But other people, it's like external things, perhaps. Which is fine. I participate in that as well. But um, our society is really attached to having external symbolism reflect the internal part of you. Um, And we have an attachment to talking about everything outside of ourselves. And it's this memorization of the world outside of ourselves, too, which probably plays into that. You know, this constant... uh, idea of education, continual education, constant schooling. You know, there's And there is education, right? Lifelong education. You're always learning. That's the truth. You're learning every second of your life. And then you have schooling, but the schooling programs you to think that learning occurs in an educational system through a system of, of authority that's been certified and indoctrinated. So that's how that works, essentially. Um, and then you can ask children this, right? Uh, say hey when do you learn they'll say when i'm at school and that's how you know the propaganda works because most people think oh i need to learn so i need to seek out a teacher uh, a guru i need um resources uh it's very interesting right like as soon as you want to learn you need something else right which makes sense which makes sense but just thinking sometimes will get you answers that uh (laughs) <laughs> will expedite the process of looking for resources, people and things. Uh, at least in my opinion, but who knows, dude, everybody. Yeah. The whole attachment of neat. Like if you want to be, for example, yoga industry is great with this. Like if you want to be a yoga teacher, you have to be quote unquote certified, right? Like imagine, which is an interesting thing, which is kind of a scam in my opinion, but same thing with like a teacher. Teacher's kind of a scam. What is a teacher? Uh, Well, apparently you can be a teacher if you can homeschool your kids. And then you really, like, think about this. What are the qualifications? Qualifications to teach are basically, can you graduate high school? It's so funny where you think about society and we've really kind of, uh, in some sense, glamorized how difficult perceived or like perception wise it might be to educate things or or help people learn rather um but yeah it's you know the whole like kids are really the 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 teachers themselves right adults are the ones who just should be setting up uh obstacles for the individual to overcome so that they can reflect and then learn from it right that's how learning, I think, occurs naturally, right? The, the learning occurs on the individual level. And the only thing a teacher should be doing is putting an obstacle in front of the individual to progress over and then learn from. And that obstacle could be anything that gives them any type of insight or knowledge into whatever, whatever field of interest they're trying to learn. Specific field of interest. Education is interesting, schooling is edu- interesting. So, how do you get a real education? What do you do? What is a real education? Like people will say that, oh man, I got a real education out in the streets or, uh, working at a business or, and I think that is a real education. Like when those, uh, poor immigrant kids were working in a meat factory for like $19 an hour graveyard shift. That was more of an education than them going to the American school system, uh, for six hours a day and being, uh, wait, uh, school slaves. And the funny thing, when I think about schools, right, so there's this idea that schools are like prisons. And the reason that idea is, is for for several reasons, right? Um, One, a lot of schools are developed by prison architects, and they're modeled after prisons, a lot of schools, okay? And it's even more true now. And so you have, why are they also like schools? Just think about a cell, right? Door opens up, people leave, then they go to another cell block, door closes, and it's kind of um, all managed, right? So now new school systems, new schools that are built, many of them are built with safety measures, right? Because of how dangerous society is. So the school will have a fishbowl entrance and, uh, and then everything else is an emergency exit which is fascinating to think about. So a fishbowl entrance where uh, you walk in and it's like a, uh, it would be called an antechamber, I think as well. So an antechamber before going into the school um, and they vet you, they make sure you're you're supposed to be there, which is all fine and dandy. And then eventually they're going to get, what what are they called? Uh, Metal detectors. Then they're going to get armed guards. Now you think about a prison, the way it's structured, and if if we start putting arm oh wait, they do have police at school. So we do have the armed guards sometimes in some places in some schools. We do have metal detectors, fishbowls, uh gates, lock systems that um can be turned on from a main central hub that locks and closes all doors simultaneously to seal off the schools if it's a riot or a prison riot. Um and I find that fascinating. So we're moving more and more and more towards an idea that a school is like a barrier Think about this. They have the fence around it. They have a barricade inside. Uh, well, it's barricaded. They have uh, huge metal doors. They have police officers. Now, this is to go to school. And if you homeschool your kid, your kid's not going to get socialized properly because they're not going to be able to do school shooting drills twice a year. And go through uh, armed checkpoints. And that system sounds great, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound like the school system we need? Now, it's been a long and gradual process to what it's becoming. But it's all been intent, right? The whole send your kid to school. It's compulsory at the age of six. They're armed guards. They're locked down for six to seven hours. And your kid can't do anything but absorb the state propaganda, right? It's, It's going into this. Crazy. The one thing the United States has is, uh, which which is nice. The states, and and how uh, they are allowed to self-regulate their edu- educational systems. But you'll find out state to state, homeschooling, private schooling, blah blah blah. They're all different, right? Some have far more uh, leeway in what your child can learn. Some are strict with the propaganda. But schools are turning into, I think, micro prisons conditioning cells um, and the only people who don't have schools like this will always be the elite right it will always be the people at Phillips Exeter Academy Le Rose um I should I wish I had more uh, private school names I used to have a list of them they're, they're fascinating but they're always gonna be boarding schools right and every kid there will be vetted they'll be allowed to be on a campus without police officers uh, fences. Um, they won't be locked down on campus during lunch. They'll kind of be free, right? And I I was thinking about this. I don't, I was thinking about creating, um, what's it called? I don't know. I'll bring it up later, but how can you infiltrate the the elite? I was thinking about if if there was a collective of, of humans who wanted to infiltrate the elite, what would, what they would do is they'd, they cumulatively gather their resources and prepare one, two, or three children to go to Phillips Exeter Academy as like, um, what would it be called? Um, a Trojan horse. So Phillips Exeter Academy, if you don't know, that's where all the Bush is, the elites, uh, Zuckerberg, the founder of Oracle. Um, Philip Ray, the director of the FBI, went to school. So it's about $60,000 a year, not a lot, just a little bit. Uh, for freshman high school and so i was thinking about this it's like people always wonder like what's going to change the system right and nothing will change the system i think in some level unless the system's changed at the top it doesn't not a bottom top so you have to infiltrate it right so how would you infiltrate the system well you're too old i'm too old we're all fucked right so it's going to be relying upon i think a group of people who get together they 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 uh somehow gather the resources to to gather their four kids three four you know community to send four kids to Phillips Exeter Academy and have them be like a little clique that moves through that system and that is i think the only way to go through the system then they have to go to the Ivy League college and they'll be they'll they'll find out quickly what their game is right cuz the elite big into nepotism they send all their kids to the same school and all you have to do is Send your kids to that school, and then it's like, Dad, Mom, um, President, so and so's, or like, da, 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 da They want to go to fishing. Can I go with them? And like, sure. Tell us what list. Make sure you keep your ears open. Keep your ears open when you're around, Mr. President. Hey, let me know what they say. Make sure you take all the notes. <laughs> I think that's the reality. Everybody's like, oh, revolution, overthrow it. No, just send your kids to their school in a group. And then your kids will rise up the ranks. It's too late for the adults. When that, that's where the system starts. The root, the root of America's nepotism and the systematic structure of how our country grows starts at Phillips Exeter Academy. It's where everything begins and where everything ends. And now other people have ideas. They'll, they'll talk, right? but all these conspiracy theories but there's a, there's one common denominator right there's one block holding all of the bullshit stories up and it's school and they go to one school now you go you take that block out and you take the other schools and you pull them all out you'd watch collapse you would you would watch America collapse so fast cuz those schools raise our elite they guide them through the system of managing, managing. And that's what the school systems are. There's two school systems in America. There's one for managers. and There's one for workers. If you went to a state school, even if you're a Supreme Court justice for your state, you're a worker bee for that state. Now, these these schools are, uh, you know, state sponsored. And then there's the, ma- the, the people who go to the, the manager schools, Phillips Exeter Academy, different breed. They're going to be on the Supreme Court justice, maybe the president. Um, They're going to invent some cool technology like Facebook or Oracle. They they might be the director for uh, the FBI. Now these cats, they're in a different group. These aren't house cats. These are fucking some. These are these are bobcats. These these be out there in the in the wild in the wood kind of cats, and people don't get it. They they'll talk ad nauseum about all these conspiracies. Now, who are they? I'll tell you who they are. I'll even tell you what school they go to. It's not a conspiracy. It's so fucking simple, it's stupid. It's so fucking simple, it's stupid. But I can't, you know, I can't imagine infiltrating. Like, this is the reality. You really got to raise four kids with with a group of other people. Have them dedicate their entire life to infiltrating this school just to grow up into adults to figure out how the system works. Where the pieces and the puzzles fit and where they're moving. Wouldn't that be cool? If I was going to write a show for Netflix, that's what the show would be. It would be a group of parents, right, who understand that there is one private school or two in America where all the elites send their kids to. And if you send your kid to that school, hey, bada bing, bada boom, you like yell? You guys like yell? Nah, man, it's crazy. I'd never do that to my kid. Hey, you got to go. Imagine telling your kid they got to go to a boarding school and hang out with the stuffiest people in the world. My dad has a beach house. My dad's going to Switzerland. Oh, it would be the worst to go to that school. The absolute worst. All the kids are driving like Maseratis, nice-ass cars. I'd like to see that school's parking lot. That school must well, it is a boarding school actually, so they probably everything's on campus, but they do have students who can uh, be off campus. But man, boarding schools. Catcher in the Rye talks about one of these. Uh, it's an actual boarding school. It's a real boarding school. I'm pretty sure. And Catcher in the Rye chronicles, like why did why did people like Nish Nisha or why was People say, why was Catcher in the Rye, I have a few ideas why it was Nish Nish. Um, the fact that, the I think it was the main protagonist, what is his name, Holden? I can't remember. He was abused by his teacher from the school, right? Or something like that, which is, which is terrible. But also, the larger thing that points to, which later people found out was occurring in these boarding schools, by the way. Catcher in the Rye or... Kind of that little thing played out. Um, and then also the fact that that is exposing the fact that there are boarding schools when America is turning into a public school world. And letting people know. like The reality is a lot of people don't know about Phillips Exeter Academy. Almost nobody. And I think everybody understood that there is an Ivy League high school. And if you go to that Ivy League high school, you're set for life. As long as you don't fuck up as long as you don't fuck up you have enough social currency to climb any ladder in America plain and simple as long as you play your cards right and you're not a dick at lunch to everybody else at school and then they all hate you and then the kid you hate well imagine being a dick to Philip the director of the FBI when he went to Phillips Exeter Academy and now you're like god fuck why was I so rude to the director of the FBI <laughs> you're constantly being surveillanced or whatever or fucked with he just gets back all the bullies. That was his mission. He probably, what if he was bullied in school? He's like, fuck that. I'm going to bring them all down. I'm going to become the director of the FBI. And he done it. And he done it, dude. The director of the FBI. What a great job that must be, Philip Ray. That'd be cool. It's even cooler going to a school where you have nice-ass alumni like the Bushes. Imagine going to like high school. You write them a little like, like, "Bush, remember that time in high school when when you did this and I did that? God, so glad we got away with it, Bush." But I need help. Um, you see, I need a federal loan for my business soon enough. Old high school, I'm friend. I just that's got to be how it works. You know what I mean? How does Oracle or Facebook? Now think about this. All the people who, Bush, the presidents. You got a Zuckerberg alumni. And you know, it's not a big deal, right? When you drop out of college, if you went to uh, Phillips Exeter Academy. Don't ever talk to me about dropping out of college. Ever like, oh, I dropped out of college. You made this great business. If you went to Phillips Exeter Academy and you dropped out of college, I don't think you ever worried, bud. Jesus Christ. Mark Zuckerberg dropped out, right? Dropped out of college. Did he really? He didn't drop out of shit. Imagine, uh, there's probably rules too, like uh, alumni rules, secret clubs, secret societies. And uh, Netflix has been maybe showcasing that with their cult rituals, satanic shows where they have all these weird shows where these kids are in these private schools magical clubs Like, yeah they're trying to tell you trying to tell you the reality it's weird where um in Utah we are known for like boarding schools but it's the bad ones there's good boarding schools and then that's where the (laughs) bad good boarding schools bad boarding schools in Utah we have uh a boarding schools like the wilderness program or something like that where kids live out in nature and they do their schooling it builds character it makes you a strong individual jesus christ that stuff's nuts utah has a few of these crazy boarding schools mormons just think they got the they got the stick and the ruler down or whatever it is. the stick and the cane and the ruler they got all the things down whatever it is like, hey, we'll take your kids. In in Utah, I don't know what it is. There was this controversy. Paris Hilton was about it too. But in Utah, you can have people with jobs where if a parent, let's say, they they want to send their kid to this bad boy school or bad girl. Girls can go to the, the schools too, I guess. The wilderness program. And they are say, imagine this conversation. Honey. You've been a real fucking asshole to mom and dad. And you're not doing well in school. So guess what? We're sending you to Utah to go to a wilderness program. And we know you don't want to go. So Bubba and Frank are going to come in the door. Bubba, Frank, come on in. And now if you don't go with these two gentlemen and get on that plane, well, actually that's not going to happen. You're going to go with them whether you want to or not. And so Utah has these like uh, cross-state what are they call acquires, Inquisitors. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck man, but it's crazy, dude. People just be sending their kids to Utah to go to some fucking camping school. Jesus Christ. And it's, it's like, why not send them to Phillips Exeter? They'll fit right in. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta test into the school. They have these uh, barriers of entry, right? You can't just get into the school, and By the time, most parents might even be thinking about a school like that. Typically, I think the elite set up, and I've talked about this before, but they send their kids to uh, high school like Americans send their kids to college, right? So they have a resume for freshman year, they've done the testing, or whatever it is, then they apply to the school, they do everything mostly themselves. They're movers and shakers, that's, You get into school by being a mover and shaker, not by just having a good grade. Like you got to do volunteer work. You got to be a part of your community. You got to be doing things, contributing, have big goals, probably on a team, extracurricular all over the place. You got to be a talented individual. So they're not just going to let anybody into their private school club. That's ridiculous. Um, But if you do get in, congratulations i got 10 minutes left welcome to the stream of consciousness had no clue what i would talk about today glad the show is coming to an end appreciate everybody for stopping by i got 10 minutes left um kind of just repetitive today talked a lot about the same things i've talked about before not a big deal Uh, but that happens to me and you know what else could i talk about um I think, you know, I I was looking at this old video I made. It's on my YouTube or whatever, and I took a picture of the sky, and I had I don't know if I did it with um, like I knew what I was doing, but it just clear chemtrails across the sky. I was like, holy shit, this video is a conspiracy theory video. It's really cloud seeding, right? Uh, video without. And intending to be one. You just see this big... It looks like a one long... Someone took a piece of chalk and scraped it against the sky. Like, man, isn't that something? Two of them, two, just right next to each other. Just crisscross, crisscross. Everybody crisscross. Where do I go from here, dude? It's been a fun show. Nice talking to myself out loud. More of this coming. Gonna probably put this on Anchor. Spotify. I've been delaying that. Uh I've been building up, building up, building up. Wow, my audience. Um my audience is down, dude. It's it's interesting seeing things like that. Oops. Oh fuck. I'm just all over the place. I just keep podcasting. What am I doing? Um keep talking to yourself. So what is a caustic cause? I think that's kind of what I am, you know, you know in some sense, you know, uh, provocative. I got, what, what is my cause? It's just to be caustic sometimes. I don't know. I think not intentionally, not all the time, not every time, but you got to have a little bit of a caustic cause. And I talk about people, I talk about this often, but the, the negative aspects, the, the people who try to eliminate hate in their life. Right. Um, it's like trying to eliminate the ego. Right? Just 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 accept hates in your heart and just hate the right things. Right. And I've talked about that. I hate if, you know, I used to hate this because I used to work in a factory with tri- chips. But whenever you would get a bag of chips at the grocery store and you could feel the, the air or whatever the bag had. There was a hole somewhere. I used to I hate that. Like, oh, man. Cause that means almost every other chip probably has that same defect in that bag, and that's just a waste—a well, big waste of chips. Um, man, again, new more more news. I talked about this yesterday about the red forty dye, red D forty, whatever, right? And how it causes cancer. And I can't believe—and I'm not joking when I say this—I used to pour that shit in oatmeal almost every fucking day and then just spoonfuls of sugar dude like what the fuck what's what happened to me dude what happened because of that what happened what happened to me because i had so much red 40 in that oatmeal and then i do blue dye green dye yellow dye that's where my love for tie-dye started in my childhood, at my daycare, when they said, here's oatmeal, here's red, here's all kinds of food dye. It's fun, isn't it? And it was fun. Would I ever change that? No. I think I'm stuck living in a world of of just constantly, you know, every time, I, if I'm a kid, I'm going to say, yeah, give me the red 40 dye, and I'm dropping it in my oatmeal. I'm slave to that shit, at least in my childhood. I don't know, you know. If I could tell my young childhood self not to do that, because apparently that causes cancer and it kills you slowly, I'd, t- I'd try to talk to my kid self and I'd be all, you know that scene in that one movie? No! No! What's that movie? It's uh Matthew McConaughey. He's fucking, no! He's crying. He's banging on the wall. That's me dripping red 40 dye into my oatmeal. I'm just in the future. No! No! I can see it. See it so clearly now. It was one of my biggest fuck-ups as a six and seven, eight and nine-year-old was just using Red 40 for my oatmeal. Uh, What did it do? Is that why I called my teacher a bitch? Fuck. Is that why I did all that? Is that why I was such a bad student? (sighs) Jeez, man, what's wrong with me? And then, uh, you know... I just have always been a fan of the Red 40 Die. You got the Nerds candy, you got the Nerds rope, you got the Peeps. Yo, I've been slowly killing myself through the through the candy and and food and processed shit that I ah oh, why couldn't my higher self see that happening to me? Why couldn't it just slap the Red 40 out of my hand and somebody assume it was a poltergeist and I was a possessed child or some shit? Why couldn't I have been helped? Fuck. It's all right. Nobody knew. That's one of these things. I don't hold anybody, you know, it's nobody's fault. I was just dunking that Red 40 in my oatmeal and just pouring pure cane sugar on top of it and just watching it the best was when you put the sugar on first and the sugar absorbed into the oatmeal and then you drop the food coloring on top of the sugar and then i do like a happy face i do happy face frowny face whatever i was feeling that day you know how you feeling today chance and i do my drops then i mix it up I guarantee, dude, guarantee I got red forty still in me from from that one day. And the happy day where I did a whole red face. God, what was wrong with me? Uh, not a big deal. What else did I, you know, I ate corn dogs, frozen corn dogs as a kid. I ate uh ramen, uh, I ate what what, what are processed foods. Fuck, man. Donuts. Candy. Dude, I was a chunk. I'm sure I was when I was little. Just a chunk, dude. I I actually wasn't obese. Maybe just a little pudgy, dude. Fuck. (laughs) From all that Red 40. Red 40 just fucked my life up. Maybe that's, you know, I bet they look at my bones. They'll dig me up and like, holy shit. Look at this fucking human's bones—they're tie-dyed. <laughs> and like, I, you know, while I was growing, the red forty just seeped into my growing bones. It'll be—I'll be on be a human exhibit of like, of uh, the consequences of the past and 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 food coloring. You know, the the human exhibits—they'll be the Provo kid. And it'll be a funny thing because he it'll have my hoodie. It'll have this hoodie next to it. And it, my bones will almost look like my hoodie. And they'll, people will say, then they'll have all the red 40 tie-dye, all, all the dye, right? The food coloring process. And then they'll have a little viewer of me talking about how, like just basically the clip I did. It'll just be in the future. And people are like, this was a kid, Prevo kid who knew what he was talking about. And he donated his body to science to examine his tie dye bones from all the red forty. Um anyways, God bless everybody. Thank you for listening. This is the end of the show. I'll give a quick shout out to anybody who's here. Robin, Steven, Quantum, Benja, um, looks like uh Jeremy stopped by as well. Appreciate that everybody. Um always nice to have um is anybody else I think that's it sorry if I missed you but God bless you all we're gonna end on some local music um but what do we play we teased this song earlier God bless you thank you for being here